Well, thank you very much. And I must say it's a great privilege to be with you all here today. I just want to read uh, two verses, John's Gospel, chapter 20. And I'll just read the last two verses. And many other signs truly did Jesus, uh, did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. And it's particularly verse 31 that I would like to draw attention to. But these things are written. As we join together in a prayer meeting, who are we praying really for? We can pray for the nations, our own nations and the nations of the world. We pray for our own churches and the churches throughout the world. We pray for individuals. We pray for those whom we love, particularly perhaps husbands, wives, sons, daughters, those that we love. We pray for them. I believe the text that we have before us today has something to say to all of these. First of all, it's something to say to the nations. The nations are particularly brought before us just now because of what's happening in the Ukraine. One nation has unjustly invaded another nation. And what's happening there has brought really the nations before us all. Russia is an authoritarian state. It's not a totalitarian, totalitarian state. It doesn't necessarily interfere so much in its individuals, but it is authoritarian. And its attack on the Ukraine indicates its authoritarianism. The trouble with an authoritarian state is it will always fail. History tells us that authoritarian states fail. Go back to the Old Testament. They've always been there. Babylon, Assyria. They were, in many respects, authoritarian, but they failed. They ultimately failed. The Ukrainians want to come towards the EU. They want to, they want to come to a democracy. But there's a difficulty there, too. A, a democracy without principles is not freedom. It often ends up in license. And that's what you have, certainly in Europe. I can't speak for you in America, but in Europe and Scotland, this democracy has ended up in not freedom, but license to do anything. What the ideology that permeates the whole of Europe is the ideology of the LGBT, transgender. It's the ideology of women's rights that allow women to perform abortion. That will also fail. It always does. Rome was uh, just as immoral and had the same sorts of things and it failed. But what about the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ? Let us come back to our text. But these things are written. The kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ is not established upon principles of men either authoritarianism on the one hand or these freedoms on the other hand. But the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ is founded upon the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. 
That's why the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ will never fail. It is established upon a sure foundation. And we should rejoice today as we pray for the nations. We pray for the Ukraine that they would have peace, that there would be peace in that country, that there would not be war. But above all, that the Ukrainians would come to realise that true freedom is found alone in the Lord Jesus Christ and in the kingdom of our Lord. But these things are written also has something to say to the church. What a wonderful sufficiency there is when he says, but these things are written. The Bible is, is so sufficient. He says beforehand, many other things could have been written. He says later on at the very end that if they were written, even the books of the world wouldn't contain them. But these things were not written because they were not necessary to be written. What is written is sufficient to save sinners. We have a Bible today that is all sufficient. We don't need signs. We don't need wonders. We don't need a forward movement. We need a backward movement to go back to the word of God and to remain in God's word. These things are written. And how wonderful, sufficient the scriptures are. They're sufficient for salvation. But what do we pray for when we pray for our people? We pray for salvation. But what is salvation? What do you pray for for your sons and daughters, husbands and wives and everything? Well, that they, first of all, these things are written that ye might believe. If the scriptures alone are sufficient, then here we find faith alone to believe. Not to believe in our own works. Not to believe in the traditions of the fathers. Not to believe in any man but to believe in the one person, the Lord Jesus Christ, that you might believe. Believe in who? Believe in Jesus. What a wonderful name that is, the name of Jesus. Thou shalt call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus the carpenter's son. That's who we want our, one, our, our loved ones to believe in. Jesus, but that's not sufficient. People today believe Jesus and they remember it, you know, Christmas time, they believe in a manger and all the rest. That's not sufficient. They must believe in Jesus the Christ. The Christ, the Greek word there, the Hebrew word is the Messiah, the Greek word, the anointed one. They must believe in the Messiah. And here John opens up to us not just what he's written, but the Old Testament. Because the Old Testament has revealed the Messiah. It has revealed that he would be born of a virgin. It has revealed that he would be born in Bethlehem. That he would be a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. That he would be as a lamb taken to the slaughter. And as a sheep before a shearer's is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. And yet he would look upon the travel of his soul and be satisfied. John says, these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. Because he, is, he has fulfilled all the prophecies there in the, in the New Testament. He has filled all these prophecies. He is the Messiah. But that's not enough. It's not enough. 
To believe that Jesus is the Christ is not enough. He says, and that he is the son of God. My friend, think even the winds and the waves, they obeyed his voice. Even the devils, they saw his authority. Jesus is equal with the Father. He is one with the Father. And the resurrection of the dead is declaring that he is the Son of God with power. Paul says that. He is the Son of God with power. But even knowing these things, even they are not enough. We're asking a lot from God today, aren't we, when we pray for our loved ones, that, he would, that they would know and believe that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Son of God, but that's not enough. It says, but that they might have life through his name. That's what we want for our loved ones. Faith is not an end in itself. Faith in Jesus Christ is not an end in itself. Faith in Jesus Christ is that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly, a life that they never knew, a life that is a life that is hid with Christ. My friend, is that not what we come today? That faith that leads to life. Faith itself is not life. We're told that. Faith and belief is but the means. The life is to be found in the name of Jesus Christ. That they may know life through his name. What does it mean by his name? Well, we've just been told what his name is. His name is Jesus, the carpenter's son. His name is Christ, the Messiah. His name is the Son of God. My friend, is that not what life is? To know the Son of God and to know life, new life, through him. And if there's anything I wanted to bring to you today, it's this mantra. I don't know if that's the right word, the mantra. But it's this, three things. The Bible alone. These things are written. Faith alone, that you might believe and Christ alone, that you might have life through his name. Amen. May the Lord add these few, bless these few words.